welcome to QPod, QIC's Investor Insights podcast series. I'm Alison Hill, State Chief Investment Officer at QIC, and each week we invite our listeners to take 10 and to get an update on economics, markets, and other topics of interest for institutional investors. Each podcast, I'm joined by QIC's Chief Economist, Dr. Matthew Peter. Hello, Matthew. Hi, Alison. And unfortunately, it looks like the last vestiges of summer are finally leaving us up here in sunny Queensland. I feel the the chill of winter is upon us. A little, a little, but although I don't think we can complain too loudly, but um, but it has been an exciting week this week, Matt. If you're uh, in financial markets, it has been Central Bank Week this week. We've had the RBA, the FOMC, the Norges Bank and the ECB all come out and all raise rates by 25 basis points this week. So, a big week. But I was thinking perhaps I'd love to kick off with the RBA, nice and close to home. And I should say, very importantly, congratulations as well on your call that the uh, the RBA would indeed raise rates uh, this month of May, which was a little bit non-consensus, but turned out to be on the money. So well done. And certainly we saw some shock ripple through the market as we had to sort of reprice things quickly as a result. But interesting looking forward, there seems to be a little bit of commentary that, you know, is the RBA now going to pause or could it perhaps keep going given we've got inflation at 7%? It's sort of shown itself to be willing to sort of stop and start a bit more. And we're certainly well behind other developed economies, say, for example, like the Fed, where their rates are at. Would you agree that potentially there's some risk that we might keep going or or are we on pause for a while? Well, I'd, I'd agree with you that June, the June meeting and uh, subsequent meetings are still definitely live. And the RBA has been very clear in that it's monitoring the data closely. And it's clear, they've been clear to us what data they are monitoring. So between now and the next meeting in June, all eyes will be on the labour market and wages data. Now, for the RBA to stay on hold, we need to see a couple of uh, things happen with that data. We need to see a pullback on the really strong employment growth numbers that we got out in April for, for March. We need to see that employment growth start to pull back. And more importantly, perhaps we need to see an uptick in the unemployment rate. You know, it's currently, uh, Alison, at, at that low point of 3.5%. Mm. And and I think even just a 0.1 percentage point uptick will be enough to sort of um, start to push the RBA to a, to a pause, right? But on top of that, We've also got, perhaps even more importantly, the wage um, data out. So we only get that data out once a quarter. So we're, we're getting the uh, first quarter uh, data for wage growth out. And whilst we will undoubtedly see a tick up in the annual wage growth at this point, in terms of we just look at the quarterly or the sort of momentum in wage growth, we really need to see the quarterly wage growth number come out no greater than 1% on a quarter-on-quarter quarter basis. Anything more than that, anything with more than a one-handle, a 1.1, 1.2 even, I think will be enough to see the RBA go again in June. Okay, well, very interesting. We'll be uh, watching and waiting for that data. You're listening to Hallison Hill and QIC's Take 10 podcast, where I'm discussing markets and economics with Dr. Matthew Peter. Matthew, the Fed also uh, met this week and, and, as I noted before, raised rates by another quarter of percent. So its range is now five to a five and a quarter percent. And it's always terrific listening to the uh, the press conferences after these uh, after these announcements. There was some masterful language in avoiding any real questions from the press, I thought. But uh, it does kind of appear to be the consensus that due to the vagary of the language that, you know, the view is that perhaps the Fed is on pause for a while. Would you agree? And do you think that financial conditions are really sufficiently restrictive to achieve the Fed's goals at this current point? It's awesome. We, we, we agree. We think the Fed's going to pause at this stage, and we think that's probably right given 
where financial conditions are and where the economy is. I mean, as you pointed out before, they're sort of well in advance in some sense in terms of the uh, inflation dynamics to Australia. And so it's probably appropriate that they pause at the moment. I suppose where we differ from current market pricing is really the timing and the pace of the expected rate cuts. So if they're going yes. to pause, you know, the question, yeah, so the question is, when do they uh, start their easing cycle? Now, the market as you know, and we've pointed this out a few times, and you've been on to this for, for quite a while, is that they're factoring rate cuts pretty early. Um, September, October is they're, they're factoring in a easing cycle to begin with three 25 basis point rate cuts to uh, follow by the start of 2024. Now, Chair Powell, as you know, has been adamant that rates will have to be held at current levels for a period of time, seemingly longer than what the market's expecting. And we don't see the Fed cutting rates until really the first quarter of next year. Incidentally, of course, that'll coincide with the RBA, in our opinion, starting its easing cycle, although the Fed has a lot further to come back down to get back to a neutral rate than what the RBA has. So I suppose the thing that concerns me or what I worry about is why is the market so adamant about the easing cycle start earlier rather than later. And I suppose one of the issues, one justification for the current market thinking is the problems that uh, we're seeing with the US regional banking sector. And in fact, they're betting that the Fed will have to cut rates to stem the crisis. Well, I think that's true, Matthew. I do agree that that is now a plausible explanation that we are going to have sort of this severe event. And so you'll need to see some cuts. But as we've discussed, you know, that pricing has been in the market for some time. So it, it, it does appear a little bit curious and it really appears to be potentially a little bit of pressure from the equity markets who, who really want to see that cut so they can sort of continue to stimulate equity returns. But, you know, look, it, it maybe it's just a bimodal views. You've got some people who think they're going to hold for some time and then a percentage of the the market who think they could cut and we end up with an average of looking like we've got cuts but it does seem ambitious i would think to cut this calendar year given uh we haven't even we don't even really know if we've paused yet we may well have but you know the banks still might have more to do i mean inflation is proving quite sticky in that services sector and that wages wages markets i think you make a good point about bimodality at the moment you know we're, we're clear what it's telling me is we're clearly approaching the end of the hiking cycle and so when you get towards the end of the hiking so just like with the rba you're going to get a split between views there about are they going to go an additional rate hike are they going to cut now rather than later it'll be a period of flux and and the market will probably be swinging around at the margin on these issues for probably the rest of the year yeah it keeps it keeps it interesting um we did have the ecb as well we should we should quickly touch on that any any comments there because i think they seem to have a bit further to go notwithstanding the comments that maybe the feds and the RBA could be pausing. Yeah, that's right. I mean, they went 25 basis points uh, this meeting as expected. There was no forward guidance given this meeting. The ECB gives quite direct forward guidance, but not at this meeting. It wasn't scheduled, but it's pretty clear they'll hike again at their next meeting by at least 25 basis points. Some are factoring in another 25 after that or even 50 basis points still to come. At this point, we think they should be done and dusted, but they're again, they have much more persistent inflation dynamics than the US or even Australia, and that should see them on hold through possibly to the second half of uh, next year. Yeah, so a little bit different situation there in Europe, you know, plagued by the the higher uh, energy prices are still sort of influencing their inflation. Alison, you mentioned about the equity markets and the role that they play in sort of influencing market behaviour. We've been tracking in the, the QPod 
the earnings season, which is so important to what's been going on, and also, you know, the uh, you know the, the the banking crisis, which is sort of like failing to go away. So, how is the market reacting to all of this bank action? And of course, it's earnings season, and what are you seeing there? Yeah, interesting, Matt. And I like the uh, like the terminology of the banking freight crisis failing to go away. The earnings season in itself is actually going, you know, surprising. Well, there's been some good upside surprises. So about over halfway, about I think about 64% of the companies in the S&P have now reported, and about 70% of those have beat analyst expectations on on, an, on an earnings basis. So generally pretty good. And I think that's you know really continues to show the resilience of the US economy, which is continuing overall to be pretty strong. And certainly the the consumer is holding up pretty well. So I think that's that's a really interesting observation. But just in the last couple of days, I think the last four days have all ended up being down days for the S&P. Nothing too material, but, you know, a series of four down days in a row. And I think that's associated with a couple of things. Firstly, you know, the market is very much, you know, in this phase of is the Fed pausing, is it not um, watching this data? It's very data dependent. And we have had some quite strong data in terms of things like labour markets, wages, which have been released this week, which I think have sort of given the, the market a bit of pause to thought that perhaps the Fed may not be done. I'm not pricing for that yet, but I think just a little bit of concern. But perhaps more significantly, it's this re-emergence of these banking sector issues. A couple of weeks ago, we talked about SVB and Signature Bank, and it felt like that the, you know, the actions taken by the, the regulatory authorities were enough to sort of stem any potential sort of systemic crisis. But it it's rumbling through again, and it appears to be getting a bit louder. So we've had, you know, in the early this week, we've had First Republic Bank being taken over by JP Morgan. It's quite a sizable bank. And now we've got PacWest and Western Alliance, which are both sort of having quite big downdrafts in their share prices. And PacWest is actually formally seeking a, a new owner now. And it's all this ongoing issue of uh, having, you know, depositors potentially leaving because their deposits are uninsured. The banks have got, you know, good quality assets, but those assets um, have big mark-to-market losses when you have to realise them. So it's just, it is a difficult um, scenario and it could become a bit more systemic. And overnight, actually, interesting, there was a Bloomberg report that actually reported back to some analysis that was done in March, but it noted there was 186 banks at risk on this basis. And so given that, I think that does have the market, you know, a little bit jittery, uh, a little bit nervous, and I'm just sort of wondering what the regulators might do to be able to stem any potential banking crisis because on the flip side, you know, the Federal Reserve, I think, certainly wants to at least pause. But if there is a banking crisis, that is where you might see some um, cuts having to come into official rates pretty quickly. So it's definitely an area to watch and something that we're focusing on on for sure. Mm, it could be the catalyst for that correction in the equity market that we've been expecting as well. I mean, break us out of this sort of range-bound trade of equities of late. Look, it's a really interesting point, Matt, because, you know, I think as well our central forecast and, and indeed the Fed's own central forecast is now for the US to go into a recession. But equity markets have been, you know, remarkably resilient and they're certainly not pricing for a recession. So this could be a catalyst that could see some downside to equities because of, you know, just the nervousness that this could create because it could be quite systemic uh, across the market. So, Matthew, thank you again for joining me this week and thanks also to our listeners for taking 10. <music> 